I have the most like generic fucking last name in the history of last names. I hate to break it to you, buddy. But your name is also Jeff. <laughs> no, no, my first name, because the way it's spelled, is a name that no one knows how to pronounce or spell correctly, so that's fun. Goff. Did, did you have like substitute teachers that called you Geoff? I've been called every version you can think of. And then the most popular one obviously became Joffrey because of Game of Thrones. That oh, got like it'd be everyone's like uh, first instinct. Mm. It used to be Geoff, and then it became Joffrey because of Game of Thrones. That's my story, my fucking life. And then you immediately went into full Joffrey mode. Well, Cro- eventually, I got to the point. If it is, if it is not a like, if if it got to the point where if it was just going to be in casual conversation, and I knew I would never see or talk to this person again, I wouldn't even bother to correct them. I was like, I don't even <laughs> fucking care. <laughs> It just never happened. Aurora is now texting me options. She said, G Fry, go first. <laughs> G Fry? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be Geo Fry? Or G, G- Fry? Now, I, now I'm breaking my own brain thinking of the way my own name is spelled. We gotta get this show going, dude. Welcome back, everyone, once again to a new installment of Screenplay Rewind. I'm Jeff. I'm Ron. And before we get to our film this week, you're next. Uh, just spoiler warning in advance, because we usually like get halfway through the fucking conversation. <laughs> before we remember. Uh, yeah, we're usually the last like closing out, like plugging the uh, the Twitter. Like, So if you want to follow us more... Oh, shit. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning for the movie we just covered. For the movie we just talked about for two and a half hours. But fortunately, <laughs> someone would have to listen to be spoiled. So we're in the clear. <laughs> right. I believe you said you had a question for our Q&A segment this time. And I'm curious, since you said you had <laughs> thought about it how long ago, but forgot about it? Uh, it's been over a week now. It, I don't know. I was just having a conversation with my wife. And I was like, ooh. And then until you asked me in the green room if we had any questions, I was like, oh, 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 I have one. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and if anyone out there would like to send in a question, you can email us screenplayrewind at gmail dot com or hit us up on Twitter at sprfilmcast. So, Ron, what is your question for the week? So, my wife thought I should limit it to the Disney universe because it's just I easy- know no limits, <laughs> right? It's um, it's just kind of easier and everyone's more familiar with. Okay. Uh, where in the Disney universe do you think you would like to vacation? Hmm. I want to go hang out with the uh, Yeti monster in Frozen. Why not? Seems like a cool guy. Marshmallow? Yeah. In the ice castle? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought about like Arendelle or, or something because, I mean, Northern Lights, it's, it's, it's probably most likely in Norway. Um, I don't think... I don't think I would want a vacation on the on Mata Nui from Moana. I don't think I'd want to do that. There's tends to be lava monsters around. Uh, there's not exactly any resorts or hotels there. Um, Beast Castle seems terrifying to me if it's still under the curse. I don't know <laughs> that I want my silverware or my dinner plate or anything to get up and start singing and dancing. I think I would. Um, Oh god, I just blanked on his name. I just think uh I would react to the way the the dude did in the live action one when he ran out of the castle. The uh, you know, you know, you know the, the best the best Disney environment to live in. Gotta be Song of the South. 
if oh, we're being God. honest. No, we already live in Song of the South. That's true. We live in modern America, so we live in Song of the Now I'm just fucking sad, and this podcast is over. Good job. That's what better than I could ever have imagined. Oh my god. Uh, I can tell you where I wouldn't want to fucking live is the uh, the live-action Pinocchio land, because fuck that movie. <laughs> what, about lives of, what about Lives of P? Would you want to live in Lives of P? Yeah. The Bloodborne seems, Pinocchio game. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but for have you have you guys watched that fucking live action Pinocchio? That movie's fucking bad. No, it is, is it out? I didn't know it was out. Oh yeah, they dropped it on Disney Plus like a month ago, dude. It's oh. so bad though. Well, there it was just go. like <laughs> it was so bad they hit that shit under the rug where fucking Song of the South lies. <laughs> I didn't want anyone talking about it. And that's I feel our like show. It was, <laughs> Thanks for I feel like in. it was. <laughs> I feel like it was meant to be a. Uh, actual theatrical release otherwise why would they bother to pay uh tom hanks like half the budget just to show up for a day and a half to do geppetto but it ended up being so fucking bad that they just threw it on disney plus promoted it for like a day on the front page and just like now we just pretend that never happened <laughs> like dumbo yeah uh, oh man now, now isn't there three Pinocchio movies coming. That was one. There's a Del Toro one, right? And then, um, fucking um, Robert Downey Jr. was supposed to have been working on one. I was I was familiar with the Del Toro one, which I'm kind of interested in, just because it's Del Toro and the animation I, seems interesting on it. It seems interesting and weird. Uh, well, the Disney live action that's one. Del Toro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I am not a Pinocchio fan at all because I think the Pinocchio stories is kind of ass. Like, have you? Uh, have you ever it's actually Job. Just, have you watched the original Pinocchio? Oh God, yes, I have. It, like fucking nightmare fuel, and then like the new one has opportunities to like fix some of like the the uh, fucking spoilers for live action Pinocchio. <laughs> Why, <laughs> dude? So like the whole moral, I like how this turned into a fucking Pinocchio review. So like the whole moral of Pinocchio is to like you know like be a better person, you know. So you're telling me. They don't tell anyone about the magical island that's turning little kids into donkeys, and we're just gonna let that slide and not go help those poor fuckers out because that's fucking night. That that's scarier than uh the uh, bloodborne uh, version, dude. Nice. Uh, it's like they just pretend that that ever, never happened. They don't like they don't address it at all, and it's just like you guys know, like with the reboot, like you can fix the story problems right it doesn't have yeah. to retain all of the bullshit like terrible storytelling of the original just because it's the same name i just i no clue why that movie exists at all so yeah don't watch it it's bad <laughs> don't watch it it's don't bad. fucking watch it put that on the poster that's don't a, watch it that's <laughs> a screenplay rewind promise don't, don't watch it watch it's bad it. Uh, a place that I actually would... Uh, so I've just been scrolling through the uh, list of Disney movies, all yeah. like 5,000 of them, because as soon as you asked me like which Disney place I live they in, my brain, forgot, <laughs> my brain forgot the entirety of 90 years <laughs> worth of fucking movies. Uh, Sword in the Stone, just because I'm a nerd for uh, Camelot. King Arthur stuff. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I was thinking about maybe like Atlantis seems cool. Yeah, it'd be pretty dope. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah. Oh, uh, oh, interesting one. Tron. Tron oh. would be cool. Oh, but you got to get past the MCP though. That's true. If you it's gotta be Tron, the MVP, it... they can get past the MCP. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, I, I think uh, I think Camelot and uh, Sword in the Stone is mine. But okay, since we've we've already reviewed one other movie, uh, <laughs> what was what was your thoughts on Tron Legacy? Out of curiosity, I don't think we've ever talked about it. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was okay. I liked it too. I just had one major complaint. Okay, CGI. What, what the fuck was that with Tron? He's in like one scene and he's a villain inexplicably, and then he's gone. Yeah, it was a little bit strange. Like the way that they leave him hanging, I was like, okay, he's gonna come back as a good guy because he like rebooted himself or something. No, I think he's just fucking dead now. But we still called the movie maybe, Tron. Maybe they were planning because when that movie came out, they had like implications and kind of buzz around it, like it was gonna be a full revival for like a new franchise. Basically, I wonder if maybe they intended to circle back around on that in a future sequel that never happened because it was kind of a bomb. I'm not sure. Maybe, uh, but but also like I feel like a lot of people that had like complaints about the new one. It's like I feel like those same complaints would have applied to, to the, the first one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I don't really I don't really understand like what the the disconnect was other than it is a modern reboot of a thing made in the seventies or eighties, which equals the internet has to hate it because internet eighty two. Yeah, uh, uh, I have the list up. I think it was eighty two. Oh, two thousand ten. Yes. My bad. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tron. Tron uh, was eighty-two. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah, I don't know why I knew that, but I did. I like that they uh, they got Daft Punk to do the soundtrack. That's pretty kick-ass. That soundtrack. I don't give a shit what you think of that movie. That soundtrack is fucking amazing. I I love me some Daft Punk. So I love that soundtrack. The grid. That is yeah. like one of the best tracks on that. Soundtrack. You, dude, if you want a good uh, uh, album to work out to, cue up the Tron oh, Legacy soundtrack. Man. Because this is fucking money, dude. Like the whole thing is great. Makes you want to have a disc battle or get on your light cycle. Yeah. Man, I love watch, that I fucking want, album. I want to watch Tron. <laughs> that that would be an interesting um, franchise coverage to do the original one and then and then the uh, new one because I feel like uh, Tron Legacy is what Tron wanted to be. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Tron Legacy felt like like it belonged in the Star Wars universe or something. It was like a weird blend of Star Wars and Blade Runner, like the aesthetics and stuff, mm-hmm. and what was going on. It was uh, it was interesting. Which like that's a big damn door. I uh, I I think people also just probably had like their expectations blown out of the water because it was something that hadn't been continued really at all for what is that like twenty eight years. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of you know it's kind of like like the Star Wars problem of how it went away for so long that when they brought it back, like it, it was it was never going to be as good as the original movies were, and it had 30 years of buildup and and hype and expectation, and that just is a recipe for disaster. Oh. Even though the movie wasn't that bad, it just it was a recipe for disaster regarding its like reception. I think. Oh God. IMDb. Tron 3 2025 Jared Leto rumored. Yeah, they they've been talking about another continuation of it forever, but I just don't know. And if it does happen, I don't want Jared Leto in it cuz I think Jared Leto is kind of shitty. Yep. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He just seems to be kind of a douchebag and I don't think he is as talented as both he thinks he is. I was going to say he's definitely not as talented as he thinks he is. And a lot of people, I think honestly like have kind of cooled on him thankfully because for a minute there he was popping up in like everything to be fair jeff the man is damaged god damn it (laughs) (laughs) and with that the podcast is over we cannot uh, one of us had to do it thanks everyone i remember that first image 
of the his Joker came out while we were doing our old podcast, and we, I think we spent thirty minutes bitching about that fucking design. Just that one image. They released that image, and that was all. And you could just tell they were so proud of it. Oh yeah, because like it wasn't part of like a batch of images from the movie or from like the set. Like they went out of their way to set up that one promotional image of him, and it was like they were like expecting this. Like oh man, everyone's gonna fucking love this. Guess what? They did not. <laughs> That's the only thing anyone remembers from the movie, in yeah. not a good way. The new, the new Suicide uh, Squad was good though. I, I liked the. I don't Game know why movie. anyone disliked uh, Birds of Prey. I liked that movie. Birds of Prey was also good. Yeah, that's my yeah. favorite. I want to see. I think Black Adam looks actually like really fucking good. I want to see Black Adam. That trailer is fucking amazing. Dude, fucking Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Uh, yes, please. I want that. I want that yes, so please. bad. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm, like, I'm actually... That's probably the most excited I've been for one of the movies in, in a minute. This is the... I was a, excited for Wonder Woman 2, but then that broke my heart. Well, so. yeah, that's on us. Um, Yeah. I, uh... The one time I have been happy about something not working out from the Constantine TV show... But they they teased Doctor Fate, and they were supposed to bring him in at some point. It would not have been Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> like, yeah, Pierce Brosnan is an amazing choice for that role. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, and I think they're I think they're actually holding back on a lot of like the action sequences uh, with the trailers too, which makes me happy because when you watch like the trailers, it doesn't seem to be like a Michael Bay trailer where like here is all of the cool shit in a three right. minute supercut. There you go. Nothing I, uh, left to the imagination. <laughs> let me put it this way. I watched that trailer, and I don't plan to watch anymore. And I only do that. That's like the highest honor I can give your movie is I don't want to see anything before I go in. Yeah, exactly. So I watched that trailer, and I was like, yep, I'm I'm good. You've already got my HBO subscription. I will see you then. <laughs> oh, uh, d just just a, uh, a side note. Uh, so, I, you know, I told you before we wrap up the uh, Q&A section. How I told you uh, I had pulled up the Disney list of all their their filmography yeah. to just kind of jog my memory. If you go to the d23.com web uh, page that is their list of Disney films and you scroll down to 1964, <laughs> above Mary Poppins, guess what they have as the image? Oh, no. What? Yes, just a uh, Mary Poppins, y'all. Do they really? Yeah, they have him listed directly above the Mary Poppins image, and that or the, the Mary Poppins listing, I should say. That's just fucking genius, dude. Yondu, love it. I'll send you a screenshot yes. of it. Do that because I'm trying to find it right now. Yeah, I'm 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 texting you, but man, that's just like genius. I saw that. I did like a double take, and I was like, <laughs> well Wait, What am I looking at? <laughs> I just texted it to you. Well, well played, <laughs> Disney. Well played. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. That's like the only image they have on like the whole list too. It's like so cut and dry until that, and then they have Yondu. That's like the only like little Easter egg they have on like the whole page. It's really funny. Oh where, man, I. Where did you, you want send to talk it about? To? <laughs> hmm. Where did you send it to? On your phone. I texted. Uh, I was looking in the Discord. No, that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. So whoever designs the D two three webpage, you are cool. And SPR certified. I wonder Unlike, if they snuck that in and no one's seen it yet. I hope so. I hope and, so too. Or I also hope they did see it and they gave the guy a raise. Because that's what I would do. Right. 
because he deserves one because that's fucking genius but yeah uh again if you want to have a question or prompt discussed by ron and myself because why wouldn't you we'll talk about anything you've listened to at least 14 minutes unfortunately of this show right so why wouldn't you want us to discuss that's on you dear listener (laughs) (laughs) uh we didn't listen (laughs) you can email us screenplayrewind at gmail.com or hit us up at twitter at sbr filmcast so uh our selection for the film today that we're covering though is your next this was a pick of mine uh, I've been on my list. I, I don't have the fucking like epic Cimmerillion style catalog of movie selections that uh, Ron has logged, but I had like a handful logged just of stuff that had kind of like uh, popped in my in my mind over time over the last couple of years we've been doing the show, which is crazy, by the way. We're like entering almost what? year three of this show and within a couple of weeks. That's it, pretty it's fucking insane. bonkers. Yeah, it's pretty bonkers. Yeah, Halloween. Uh, I always think back. Yeah, I always think back to Halloween being uh, that time period being like the beginning of the show because we opened it up with uh, the thing and Alien because of course we did. Because uh, of course we did. Any other way. But yeah, this was a uh, movie I've been wanting to have on the show for a while because I think this movie is interesting in how it's it's like uh, it's pretty well beloved in like horror nerd circles, but it is like uh strangely very influential to a couple of other big horror movies over the last couple years i'll talk about that i just found like really interesting uh specifically ready or not there's been a lot of like discourse online as far as like uh people comparing ready or not in this because they are if you break it down to kind of like the nuts and bolts very very similar and i'd be curious to see what wingard and barrett think of ready or not because it has a lot of the same kind of like energy to it right i think uh ready or not is written better but uh your next also kind of did it first and they do it in a different way uh and if i didn't already say full spoilers for your next this is a movie that has a couple of twists to it so i do think if you have any interest in your next or just kind of like um a general interest in horror at all i think it's a fun movie to check out and it's kind of like see the like where like the uh the little narrative strings that would end up becoming a little you know, not only with Ready or Not, but also some other stuff we'll talk about. But uh, what was your kind of like general reaction to it? Because I think this was this was your first time seeing this, right? Yeah, was the I, show. I hadn't even heard of it until you uh, you brought it up. Um, I thought it was okay. I had some problems uh, starting out. I think it got better as it as it went. Um, I think a lot of my problem probably has to do with the fact that I saw Ready or Not first. Um, and that and that that is going to be a really interesting discussion. Because I had a more negative reaction to Ready or Not because I had seen this first. Yeah, I had, I had some issues at the beginning, especially with like a lot of like the acting performances seemed really yes. stiff and off. I'll, I'll, yeah, a lot of the because uh, part of the part of the problem with this is I think I I don't think it's necessarily like all the writing because I have seen uh, Simon Barrett and and Wingard have because like um. The movie that they would basically like uh, do as not like a follow up to it. It's not related at all. But uh, the guest has Dan Stevenson in it. You know, he's the guy from Legion and Beauty and the Beast. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, uh, or I think it might just be Dan Stevens. I think it's Dan Stevens. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 great. Uh, so it's not just like a script problem. I think it is just like this was like their second movie, and it is a, it was a one million dollar budget, which is right. kind of insane because like this movie looks amazing for that cheap it yes. looks more it looks more like a one of the low-end like 20 million dollar blumhouse movies 
not a like one basically independent one million dollar movie so like they really did a great job overall making it come together with that you know a little of a budget to work with but you can definitely tell that the the actors are you know not where they spent the money right and which i can't i can't honestly blame them because that's never really like what you're going after when you're making a independent horror movie usually it's going to be like the concept that is the draw to it and not the acting so i right. i cannot blame them for using the money more towards like the gore and cinematography and editing versus the acting but yeah you are totally correct a lot of the uh, some of the actors uh, i think are pretty good some of them are pretty bad um is is rob morin the dad rob moran rob moran uh i will have to verify that's there's a couple people in here are they're like the type of actors and actresses where you're like i swear to god i've seen them in something but you can't put your finger on it um uh yeah rob rob uh, moran or moran yeah is, is the dad a lot of his dialogue to me was up there with mark Wahlberg's what no <laughs> no like, i was just like what is happening yeah but now here's the thing uh i would just like to say that yes i enjoy such films as sharknado and you know what have you not great um they're also movies that are well aware of what they are and this mm-hmm. one is too in a way um you can kind of see just by the acting in the first 20 minutes, kind of which characters will live the longest. Cause it seemed like all like the worst actor you were, it seemed like you died earlier in the film. Yeah. Uh, and one, one of the, one of the guys who dies the, the first, I think he actually is the first guy to get uh, the guy who gets shot with the first uh, bolt from the crossbow. Now him. I liked <laughs> it, uh, the Tariq guy. Funny yeah. enough is Ty West. He's a horror director. He's like their buddy. <laughs> so yeah. he's, he's just in the movie basically as their buddy. And probably cause like they're, they're buds. They were like, Hey, we got this character. He's the first person to die. He was like, Ooh, pick me. I'm down. <laughs> and, he, and they even made his character a, uh, like a, a, Documentary like a director. director. Dork. Yeah. Yeah. Where he has like the fucking like, pretentious like scarf thing on him you know he's like literally a <laughs> yeah he was like the stereotypical <laughs> yeah. like um he was even doing like uh what was it he released his film on like an underground film festival like yeah he was the stereotypical like what you think of like douchebag director type but i i liked him i liked his character and i liked his asking he was the first one to go and i was like oh come on <laughs> right yeah what's also like really funny though is the opening to the movie is incredibly cut and dry what you expect from a horror movie, especially like a slide. You can tell that Wingard and Barrett like really fucking no slasher movies because the first like 30 minutes of this movie until you get to the first twist is so stereotypical horror movie. And they're doing that on purpose. Yeah. Cause like the, the whole point of this movie and there's, there's another twist towards the end that is, uh, but the main twist of the movie that makes me like it is the protagonist being competent and yes. not only being competent, but end up becoming this, like, this was a huge, I think, influence on the Halloween reboot recently. You remember where they made Jamie Lee Curtis, like, the badass, eventually, where she kind of becomes Michael Myers? I was, and she uh, is, like, the, she is, like, the, she becomes, what is it, the shade? Is that, like, what they, I think they originally called them, something like that? Yeah. She, I, she, yeah. The main character in this is kind of a weird combination of her and, what is her name? Is it, like, Judy Greer? Uh, the one that played her Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, because yeah. this character yeah. has the exact same backstory. 
Like Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter in the movie. Is it Judy Greer, the one from Jurassic World? Yes, she like, plays her like daughter. Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood's mom, right? Like she's a mom yep. in every movie. And she was mm -hmm. a mom in that movie, remember? And then she's just like, here, honey, hold this. And picks up a shotgun and blows Michael Myers. Yeah. Away. Like it's. And, and yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's what's. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the two of them together are kind of the main character from this movie. Which, and, yeah, and the first time I saw this, that was what was like a big draw to me. Is this came out in 2011? Like this was a pretty like novel concept for then. It's kind of become like a thing now, where like the protagonist is you know actually competent. But especially for like slasher movies around, this was like kind of like the beginning of like Blumhouse becoming a thing. This was kind of you know like slasher movies don't really exist anymore. So this is kind of like this kind of weird examination of kind of like dieharding the like the protagonist of a slasher movie right so so it's one of these things where it's like one of the reasons i want to talk about this movie is i don't think this movie is like incredible but where you can see like how so many breadcrumbs of modern horror kind of like go back to your next right that makes it just it really interesting to talk about to me because when i'm watching like especially like you know, like ready or not or the, the halloween a uh, reboot from a couple of years ago and I just kind of like see those breadcrumbs. I think it's really interesting that it's like this is a very very like you like you said you hadn't even really heard of it. It it's just kind of like underground fuck it it's funny it's like they call, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny because like uh, the, at the dinner scene in this movie why, why Ron is laughing is because they have like this joke conversation about how uh, <laughs> Ty West's character Tariq is an underground uh uh, documentary director and he you know he's like the one thing he's directed was a thing at the at the underground film festival you know and they have like they fucking nail painful family reunion conversations though this is every thanksgiving hate. ever yeah they nail it because you fucking hate everyone who isn't the main girl in this and that is the point like you you're supposed to find them all just fucking repulsive so that you are 1000% on her side. You know what's once funny? Once she starts fucking Michael Myersing everybody. You know what's really funny? Is in a lot of ways, the family kind of reminds me of the family in Knives Out. Yeah. It, yeah. Just like that. Even that the constant... dinner, like a lot of the, like the dinner scenes and that, like when they did the, uh, remember when they did the flashbacks with the dad and like everybody remembers it differently. So it was slightly different every time and stuff. It's mm -hmm. still very reminiscent of this dinner scene in a way. Like and it's, it, and it's, um, it's it, and it's even, uh, like incredibly well observed when everyone starts screaming at the same i think that's actually when fucking poor Tariq gets the crossbow pulled to the head yep it's exactly like i think they have an exact uh like parallel in knives out to that, that scene you're talking about i think that you're referencing like where everyone is just screaming and having like 10 different conversations at once that when they're arguing yeah and Michael uh, Shannon ad-libbed every line, and it was amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna eat one up. iota of shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited for that. Dude, we're covering the second one on the show the week it, that it comes out. Instantly, we're, yes. It is a special separate episode, because that shit is on, the like, day one we're fucking recording about that, because I have to see it instantly. Yes, I, I, I absolutely agree. And so, I, But what's, I, like, um, what's fucking awesome about this movie, though, is how it is slowly developed how competent she is uh the main character uh aaron uh, played by sharni it Benson. keeps escalating yeah it keeps escalating because the first thing they do 
is just showing her not panicking once the first person gets killed. Because uh, the, the the basic premise of this movie is uh, we've you know we've t- we've talked about basically running down like the crew, uh, directed by uh, Adam Wingard, written by Simon Barrett. They are kind of like um, the way that Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill are from like Doctor Strange and Sinister. How they're like a they're not not only like a writing team, but they're also you're the director. I'm going to be end up, you know, being credited as like the screenwriter right. and their team. They've done, uh, you're next, the guests and a few other stuff for the past few years. And this kind of like similar vein of, uh, kind of independent esque, you know, they, they eventually became big enough names. They were, they were also involved in the VHS movies. Have you ever watched those where it was like the, I have uh, not. Yeah. There, there's a, there's, um, there's a few, I've noticed a lot of these actors are in the VHS movies. Yeah, uh, they're 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 very very like hit or miss. Like some of the VHS because they are just kind of like little like one offs. It's kind of like like Southbound was how they're just kind of little one off tales of just kind of random horror stuff. But some of them are good, and the, the like a lot of their stuff is in that same kind of kind of indie horror vein, which I I really like because I I feel like when they're incredibly independent. Uh, as far as just how much the budget is, they are given more freedom to do kind of like whatever the fuck they want. Because this is this is kind of like an out there concept for horror at the time. Because like 2011, this was like kind of like at the tail end of the Saw days where like horror yeah. had no idea what it was, what it could be. You know, like this wasn't really horror has had a resurgence over the past several years. But this was kind of in like the dead zone where it's just like fucking mostly garbage. So this was an interesting kind of out there concept for the time. Uh, but uh, we had mentioned uh, Shrani Vincent plays Aaron. Uh, Aaron is the girlfriend of the son of a incredibly rich and wealthy family. I don't know if they ever actually say, but I think they're Arms, believed uh, to be kind of like uh, kind of upstate New York. Is that kind of like where you're believed to the, yeah. where they, I don't think they ever say, but they're, they're basically driving out into the middle of nowhere to the dad uh, of the, the boyfriend. He, he was a retired uh he was they said he said it was in marketing from a you said it was like a Arm, weapons manufacturer yeah arms, yeah, arms manufacturer i mean yeah, this 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 house has to be like what 10 miles west of the avengers facility exactly yeah like, <laughs> it's upstate new york it's out in the middle of nowhere um it's yeah it's weird the the arms uh manufacturing i thought was going to be interesting i thought that was gonna be what was driving the plot uh, oh you thought it was going to tie in more specifically I, to like what he had done that was yeah the what was actually happening is one thing that kind of disappointed me in the writing as far as the overall plot and everything goes um because it seems so i guess basic uh yeah it, it's it's interesting how it has like it has multiple like twists going on with it it was just like why do i need to know why they're wealthy if i if i don't need to know that information why are we specifically having an entire scene focusing around it yeah i i honestly i i I almost feel like it's supposed to do more with like why would she know that company more than the plot but my instant thought was oh well that's what this is going to be about it's gonna be some sort of revenge thing it's also it's also just like I, I don't know you can kind of like turn it on its head as far as like it's just kind of like what you would naturally ask you know if, if you went if you went to your boyfriend's fucking uh entire family reunion uh in this 
hundred like hundred year old house mansion estate thing, you'd be like, what the fuck did he do to get that much money? So I, I I don't know, but yeah, it is incredibly specific that it feels like it would be a relevant detail when it's really not. He's just rich, right? That's yeah. all I need to know. I can get that from the house. I can get that from the conversation. Yeah. Uh, so they are having a kind of like family uh, reunion because it is going to be the 35th anniversary of the mom and dad. The family does not get along very Knives Out style. Ever, basically, everyone hates each other. Like you can tell, like it's kind of like in Knives Out how there were, you know, like a couple of members of the family where you can kind of tell like they kind of get along. And then there's other members of the family that just like absolutely fucking hate each other's guts. I, I, I feel like you should have been like invited a... to the funeral. I was outvoted. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like um, that's also pretty accurate. I feel like a lot of families that are this size and especially uh, families that have, have this much wealth that you end up having, you know, like it's not going to be all sunshine and roses with members of the family. Uh, so uh, this is where the movie, it's, it feels like very generic at first. And it feels like a kind of like downside to it because you're just kind of like seeing like uh, the very, very bare bones of your prototypical slasher movie. But uh, where I think it starts to like ratchet up is like, it's, it's, I think it's like 27 minutes in, about 30 minutes in when that first kill happens. But they start to show you the protagonist, Aaron, uh, being very, very competent and not freaking out. And you're just like, I feel like her twists and like what they do with the plot as far as like her background and her just kind of like, like literally fucking at home alone in some of them. Yeah. It's awesome because you hadn't really like seen that yet. The that's, nails, that's, that's, the nails through the board at the window. The nails through the board. Uh, there's just a lot of like, and we'll talk about the fucking blender scene, dude. <laughs> oh the, no, the blender scene like is worth like it's worth watching. That was just mean. Scene. It's awesome. Like he was already dead. What was the boy? That's just mean. It, it's fucking awesome because and they do that <laughs> because to, fuck like the him. and they do that to the biggest cunt of the movie, you know. All about it. All about it. Speaking of cunts, can we talk about Joe Swanberg? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, like hey, the do best, you know who uh, Michael best, C. Hall is? Who? He looks like uh, Michael C. Hall, you know who Michael C. Hall is? He's uh, the guy who plays Dexter and was from Six Feet Under. Okay, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This fucking actor looks like he's his like older brother. And yeah. I I can't unsee that. But yeah, then you what you want to say about Joe Swanberg? I was gonna say the best douchebag I've seen since Vince Vaughn in a movie, right? Like he's, he's just the fucking worst. <laughs> that's that's very unprofessional. <laughs> like what? Like what? Like I was on fucking Crispin's side. I was like, the fuck did you just say? And like the whole, like, everything he did was specific to the person just to piss them off, just because he could. Like. The only reason I watch TV is the commercials. I mean, entire like co like you can have entire documentaries oh the length of a commercial. Like, oh, oh, uh, do you have you ever directed like, a commercial? The fucking thing that he says to that would just like makes you want to jump across the table and punch him in the face is while talking to the documentary director guy, he mentions like not being about the whole starving artist thing. Is like, dude, yes, that is so fucking low. Like, what oh, he's the, the worst. He's so bad. Like, I couldn't decide if he was more Chris Evans in his douchebag era or Vince Vaughn in his douchebag era. I think it's of, more Vince... A little bit of both. A little bit of both. I think it's probably more Vince Vaughn. Chris Evans is a little bit more loud about it in uh, in his douchebag era. But, yeah, it's just... Man! Yeah, he's the fucking worst. Uh, <laughs> dude. But, 
Uh, so like the way that she first starts establishing herself is like being competent and actually being able to take in the situation and be able to actually like fight back is I think it's like pretty clever. So they're being they're being attacked by these slasher dudes in masks outside the the estate. Uh, they're they're shooting crossbow bolts through the windows near like the dining room, and I think it's really cool. Like she has them each pick up like the chair hold it right. up as protection as they're running by and you're just like that's pretty fucking smart thinking you're like you're pretty on you're like on the fly to be able to think of that in like a, like a literal life or death situation you're just like okay because that's like a, i think that's one of the main things that um that makes me think of this movie being like kind of in the same vein as the more modern like blumhouse like resurgence of horror where it's gotten better where they actually like take into account like tropes of the genre as far as like Yes, slasher movie fans can go back and watch older slasher movies and they just kind of like turn their brain off, you know, like dumb protagonist equals like it, it equals necessary because they have to go alone. They have to like do all this like dumb shit. They have they ha- because to, just to kind of like spearhead the plot, like no one's going to properly be able to fight back because you're just there to watch like Jason or Michael Myers, you know, like fucking kill people. They're just there to kill teenagers. You can turn your brain off. But this is like actually kind of like analyzing it and showing her fight back uh before this was really like a popular thing to do like where you have like the kind of like hyper competent protagonist uh it just like the first time i saw it i was like i wasn't i knew i knew nothing about the movie at all so the first time i saw it i'm just i'm I'm doing the same thing i'm like turning my brain off because of how generic the first like 25 minutes are you know like the acting's bad you're you're just kind of like feel like you're sitting down for what is going to be just a standard horror movie but it's really not it, it almost is like like it ends up becoming almost like an action movie you know like where she's kind of like setting up the house like the fucking home alone traps and fighting back and I, I just think she's like a really cool character and i, I like her background too so her, the reason she is such a badass and they don't really talk about it much until like eventually they're just like how do you know how to do all this shit she grew up in uh we didn't mention it but she has an australian accent that they talk about <laughs> a few times uh, over the course of the movie her fucking family, man, they do such a good job of just making the family such freaking assholes. Her like, a- the conversation that, annoying. that... Yeah, the fact that, like, uh... What was this? Uh, Dr- the Drake's, uh... I, I think they're married. Uh, Kelly? <laughs> Kelly's, yeah, Kelly, to, to Kelly. It's like, her accent's annoying. It's like, really? <laughs> Australian? <laughs> Australian is annoying? It's just, like, such, like, a fucking... And the fact that, like, while they're at the fucking dinner table, Drake, the asshole brother, is eyeing up and down Aaron all throughout the conversation. Like, dude, that's your brother's girlfriend. And then immediately goes upstairs. At your family reunion. And then immediately, like, goes upstairs and starts, like, trying to undress his wife. Um, Yeah, it's so gross. It's so gross. Uh, Yeah, the other thing, too, is they work so hard at making Aaron, like, endearing and everyone's just talking about how much they hate her i'm like oh my god you are the worst she's like the most adorable person and then yeah and then blender so nice yeah she, <laughs> she's so nice to them she's like she even like you know offers to like help out the mom with like cooking and stuff she, she ends up walking to the and she sends her well, next door which is like what 10 miles down the road <laughs> like, she just never comes back because she's just yeah. still walking to find the fucking neighbor's house yeah but it's just uh it's just like really interesting like uh and and how fucked up is it what the slasher dudes do with the neighbor though where they know one of them might like get out and like instinctively go to like check on the like the the neighbor see if they have like a working phone you know just to get help in general and they fucking like plant them where it was a the, the neighbors were a couple 
who get killed, and that's the kind of like cold open to the movie is the, the slasher dudes with the mask. They kill this couple. They fucking Dude. set up a like a CD player on repeat, and then the fucking dude who was killed, they set up on the fucking couch <laughs> just to like buy more time of the the family wasting time trying to get their help and attention. It's like so fucked up. <laughs> what were you gonna say though? I was gonna say, can we talk about? Fucking um I can't I just lost his name, but uh Hopper from Stranger Things, like this dude looking like his like second cousin or like his half brother or something. Oh yeah. Like but that guy I don't know. I got weird vibes from his uh quote unquote relationship with that college student. That seemed uh seemed weird. She did not seem happy in that relationship. Then she was sadly the first one to go in the movie. I was like, See- Man, things are going even worse for you. Than I thought they would be. <laughs> maybe they did her a favor. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it seemed pretty rough. It seemed pretty rough. Um, Yeah, it's... Can we... Are we at the point that we can talk about the killers yet? Of course, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the psychology of the killers for a moment. They are military people, right? At least two of them are military. <laughs> Um, they're obviously not great guys because they're literally the thing that's driving the plot for them is just money. Yep. And it's not, they're not handling this like a job or a mission. It's planned like a mission, but I mean, an ax, a crossbow, like all the weapons that they choose, a machete, like the least efficient means because it's like fucking sport or something. Yeah. Like what they were doing with the crossbow. I don't, I don't know. A crossbow that can go through a window might go through a chair, but a rifle shot will definitely go through both. You know, like they're, they're clearly unhinged. Yeah. They're, they're here for the fun of it as well as the money. So it's just like Jiminy Christmas, like everything that they did, I was just like, my God, you guys are like ex-military. Maybe, maybe they had just stopped to like hear the conversation. It's like, man, these people are the fucking worst. So we're just gonna most dangerous game this entire family. right. <laughs> but they are bad. There, yeah. Like, What's also when, cool is uh, Simon Barrett is actually the writer. Is actually the Tiger Mask guy. That's oh, kinda nice. Cool. The uh, the golf swing with the axe into was it Kelly's head. Yeah. And then he just sits down on the couch next, next to, to the yeah. dead guy and just stares at her. Like, yeah, it, it makes you wonder, fuck? like, it makes you wonder just, like, how how he fucking found these dudes. Yeah. Uh, it was also so, like, uh, what it, what ends up being, like, the, like, the main kind of, like, twist of it, and again, spoilers for your next, but what ends up being the main twist is that half the family is basically in on it. Uh, the, the reason they had mentioned how, you know, like, they're from a rich estate is... They are basically trying to bring over a couple of uh, witnesses that can confirm it was just a random killing uh, that resulted in the the parents dying and the inheritance going to the the younger of the brothers. Because so, I think they talk about how, like, it, it seems to me like Drake is, like, the oldest brother, I want to yes, say. Yes, I believe so. So he has to go so that the, the inheritance will go to uh, Crispian and, uh, what is it, uh, what's the other fucking son's name? Felix? Felix, I think. Yeah, so that's kind of like ends up being like the kind of like final uh, twist of it, and it's not really like 
like a final like Shyamalan style twist because it's probably like two thirds the way through the movie when you find that out because they they that's when they basically just like kind of like let Aaron she hears like what the plan is and she just starts going like fucking apeshit and like killing them all uh the the first time they start to like uh, like attack her I think it's I think it's kind of interesting <laughs> how they kind of like signal that Felix specifically is the was and uh what is his girlfriend's name Z. Z. Because they just watch, and it's, it's kind of it's a well written scene. The the time that Aaron is fighting the first of the mask guys and kills him, like the right. first time that she kills one of them, Z and Felix are watching, and you, as a viewer, you can just take it. And especially with how much of it, like I I think the family being dipshits is actually good, like narrative like plot hole fixing too, because you can like understandably kind of envision them just freezing because they're dipshits and they don't want to help her because they view her as basically like the way that in knives out you know like they they viewed her as just like the help and they just everyone else is not a part of like the rich ass family is lesser than you know i feel like that's almost like part of like how they look at her just because she's not part of the family she's not rich they just kind of look at her as just whatever so them just like watching aaron fight off the guy like one-on-one it you know you end up finding out the reason they didn't help is because they didn't help the dude who was the slasher. That was the guy they didn't help because they were fucking in on it together. Right. So I just, I just think in retrospect, that's like a like a really clever scene. Cause like, and then they also end up making like a joke out of it, where she's like, "By the way, thanks for the help." He's like, "Hey, you look like you got it." Because <laughs> she, she fucking, what is the weapon? Is, is it like the, uh, the little like fucking like meat it, hammer it, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a meat tenderizer. It's a meat. Yeah. Mallet. Um, yeah. By that point. You already know that Felix and Z are in on it. Um, and, like, they're... Is it is candor the word I'm looking for? Like, their, their reaction, like, they're there and they're frozen, but the way they're watching the scene play out is, like, it seems to me, like, obvious that they are not a part of this family. Like, they are behind it when by the time we get there already, like we've, we've already figured out at that point that they're in on, especially when they kill the dad and his reaction when his dad is dying is his dad touching him. Not the fact that his dad's throat got, just got cut. Yeah. There's there, like the, the Felix dude is like, and, and especially his fucking girlfriend, like they're so just like sociopathic about it. Like they're like, like the Felix guy basically ends up talking about how like, murdering his family for an inheritance is just like such an unfortunate like inconvenience it's like even when he's going through with this like horrible scheme he's like like he still views himself as like the victim in all of it you know it's like so gross what's really weird is he looks a lot like a guy i used to work for at the movie theater (laughs) really yeah (laughs) yeah make sure you don't inherit your family fortune ron and you'll be right um But yeah, he um Yeah, it him and like Z. Holy shit, what is wrong with Z, dude? Dude, yeah. I'm gonna uh, fuck you in this bed with your dead mother. Is that what she says? And and then even Felix is just like, what Why the would fuck you are say you talking about? <laughs> what's what's so funny too is is like he doesn't even like he's he's so just sociopathic. He has roped in this this chick that he's dating to help 
with the mass murder of his family. It feels more he, like she's roped him into it. At the, it's like she is more yeah, unhinged I, than he that's, is. That's an interesting point, too. But it's also just like he's just so detached from reality that if he, and they don't go into detail about you like you're right i hadn't thought about that but they don't go into detail as far as like whose idea this actually was other than that that you know you end up finding out that crispian was in on it, and that's like the final like kind of twist that i i uh, he was up. the first one i figured out right at the beginning of the movie pretty much yeah because he because of how how long he's gone uh, yeah he's good so when he is the first one to volunteer to run out the door i didn't trust him because especially with how much of like you can just tell how much of like a coward he is yeah that that yeah you can and, you can tell it's kind of like staged and then when he does go and she eventually like goes outside and is like hiding behind the tree i was like okay and here's where she finds his body and she didn't i'm like okay well he's in on it then yeah he's in on it yeah um but yeah just like so you don't know who like whose idea this was but if it was felix's idea he trusts this girl. I don't think he's, he's smart enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like to have they they he he fucking calls out about the, the fucking cell phone jammer. He's like, yeah, you can buy it for like thirty bucks on the internet because he fucking did it. <laughs> you know, that's like, that's my uh, that's my biggest plot hole in this entire movie. What's that? The instant he switched that on, the police would have been there. It, oh yeah, it is it is a uh, FCC regulations that makes those highly illegal and the cell phone companies can detect it jamming their network as soon as you switch on on they know it and the police arrive at that location they, they that would have been interesting if, if uh and they could have fixed that by just their police response being that and just make that like a subplot of like right. the cops coming to check it out and then them not actually ever contacting uh and then you can fix that but but yeah again that detail is the type of detail that I can forgive because it's a fucking horror movie. And, right. you know, like, they don't have to go into, like, the specifics if they don't, like... Because... And they, they might have even had, like, a conversation about it where it's just like, well, we can we can spend, like, five minutes of screen time of the, the fucking cell phone company, like, reporting to the cops and the cops finding out that way. But it's like, who fucking cares? You, like, it doesn't really... It doesn't really impact... I, I think, the, like, the believability of it because it's a fucking horror movie and I don't, I don't need it to be, like exactly correct you know what i mean right but let's talk about the uh what is the is it amy who is the daughter how fucks it <laughs> dude Aub would she Aubrey? no uh that's the mom i think it's amy who is the the daughter yeah the yeah, fact, yeah, yeah 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 the, the fact that all of the brothers and, and what's what's really fucked up too so like basically like all the brothers so the older brother has been crossbowed in the back you can kind of understand why he wouldn't be the first person to run out <laughs> right but the other brothers and the dad just be like yeah it's cool what is that the daughter just like fucking run outside be the first person does that seem like especially for like the dad so shitty and you're just like man fuck these people these people fucking suck yeah because <laughs> yeah. like, i just can't imagine i can't imagine like a circumstance like i feel like where you send your child where you send your kid out they should have had the dad also get like like almost like mortally injured yeah. To, to me, that's like the only thing that would allow that to happen. But the way that she dies is so fucked. Like Dude. running out into the piano wire. Like that is one of those things where you get like the fucking mirror neur neurons going, dude. You're just like, oh, fuck that. No thanks. Uh, it's hard to watch. I'm looking at her IMDb. She's in a lot of shit that I have seen. Like what? 
Um, well, apparently she was in that that Pet Cemetery uh, remake also, but I did not see that. She's in Stranger Things. Hmm. She's Becky Ives. I'm having a hard time placing that character. She's in Alien Covenant. Hmm. Um, do, 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 do. I said a lot of things I've seen, but apparently that's it. Um, I ran across those two like back to back, so I I assumed it would be a lot, but I'm not seeing anything else. But yeah, apparently she's in Alien Covenant and Stranger Things, both of which I have seen. And I'm just having a real hard time placing her in those. Placing things. her, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it's like a, like a, there's a couple others in the movie too. We're just like, I swear to God, I've seen them in something. And you yeah, just can't, can't place them. But at that point, I I, I almost like think oh, the dad. Oh, I found an image on her IMDb of her in Stranger Things. She is the one taking care of Eleven's mom. Oh, okay. She's the one that lives with Eleven's mom. Gotcha. Yeah, and then also just found. Oh my God, is she who I think she is? Is she the one that slips on the blood in Alien Covenant? Oh, in Covenant, I think you're right. I think I think that is her. I think that's her. (laughs) I also uh, also just like you talked about how like you thought the guy who gets killed at the very beginning had like a very bad vibe. Yeah, look at the dude's like like I just sent you this uh, the uh, the text of the guy. Look at his fucking IMDb like profile page. He looks like it looks like the. It looks like the mugshot of like a fucking serial killer. <laughs> it looks like the poster for an Eraserhead remake. It really it's so weird. Yeah. Uh, it's is very very bizarre. Uh let's uh, let's talk about too like uh so towards the ending of the movie, I think there's a scene that's like pretty cool where she rigs up once she goes in full home alone mode and is just murdering everyone cuz she's pissed at everyone for being assholes and like setting up the family. <gasps> yeah, I I, I think you the scene is shot Jeff. Jeff Yes. Do you know who he is? The dude we were just talking about? Yeah. Uh, who Who is he? If I'm thinking correctly, I know exactly what this is referring to. He's in Southbound. He's the DJ. Oh. He's the, is he, does that mean he's the guy on the radio? I think that is the guy on the radio. That's pretty cool. Dude. I, I that's my favorite character in South Bend. <laughs> <laughs> the DJ. The DJ. The yeah, DJ it's pretty is amazing. Great. It's pretty great. Oh my god, I want this guy for fucking like Joyride 2. <laughs> oh, he's, he's Oh yeah, totally dude. Totally watch the fuck out of that. Uh he's uh he's also the flamethrower guy in Until Dawn. I I haven't ever, played that. Uh, you should watch the uh, the Rage to Life playthrough. It's pretty funny. Uh just uh <laughs> But yeah, sorry to 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 derail you, but I saw that. I was like, "Oh, my God, that that is uh, a movie. I feel like I need to rewatch up for Halloween this year. Is Southbound? Yeah, hey, I'm going through a uh, all my streaming services to the horror section, just adding a bunch of stuff to my list and going through them. Yeah, gotta do it. The time, the best time of the fucking year, man. I got really excited for half a second. I saw Ritual, and then I was like, Oh wait, not the Ritual. Got it. That's, That's another one I might end up having to rewatch just for the grandma punch, man. You gotta <laughs> cue it up. grandma in, punch. Inject that's it a, into my veins. That sounds like like a Pornhub category. <laughs> and then you had to go. <laughs> Are you the fucking Z of this podcast? You gotta go make it fucking weird. <laughs> oh my God. Like you got the oh Mills and you got the grandma punch. Uh, okay. So let's talk. I want to talk about some more. Uh, Moves right uh, along. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. This year. <laughs> 
I want to talk about more of like uh, some of the specific uh, instances of where Aaron is just like fucking Frank Castling some of the fucking asshole slashers in this. How like ingenious is it to lay out the uh, the nail trap thing where you put out like one board further away <laughs> to make them focus on that and think they're in the clear just to step on one closer up against the banister thing, dude. I think I just think that's genius because that is something I would totally fall for. I would see that and think, oh man, what a fucking idiot. I can clearly ah! <laughs> So can I can I tell you about my experience with this? Yes. My dad did that exact thing. Oh no shit. And I was there to witness it all. Okay, tell me more. So the house, uh I think you've seen the house that they're living in now, right? Like maybe once. Uh I think so. So when that they had that house built. And when that house was under construction, uh, you know, when you're having a house under construction, you go to it to make sure, like, all the doors are the correct fucking size and stuff like that, right? Um, and we went to check on the house, and my dad stepped on a board that had a nail mm, sticking no. up, and it literally nailed to his foot. Just like when this guy walked, the board went with him because it was nailed to his foot. And then what does what does my dad do? Because I mean, think about how that just catches you off guard and surprises you, right? Yeah. What does my dad do when he's like freaking out, trying to get this? He's trying to shake it off when he's walking, but it's nailed to his foot, and he, his brain hasn't figured that out yet, right? He steps on a second one on his other foot, and Bro. nails a board to each foot. Oh my god! It went it goes right through his shoe like he's not even wearing one. And he does Jesus. it to each foot. And I was there to witness the whole God. And I was there to witness him pulling it out like the whole length of the nail, pulling it out of his foot and everything. And I saw this and it was like the syringe scene and saw, I was just like, <laughs> instant, instant PTSD, <laughs> instant flashbacks to my crazy. dad walking around with what we're going to call homemade clogs. Cause <laughs> it was, yeah. Like he, he horseshoed himself is what he did. Yep. Yeah, you did. Yeah. When and the evening ends in a tetanus shot. <laughs> they they were not uh were not lucky horseshoes. No. Yeah. Oh man, that fucking sucks though. Yeah, but that is I just that wanted to totally, put that out there. <laughs> My dad that did is that totally exact something. Thing. That is totally something I would do. Because it's such so, a shock and you know, it feels like 10 minutes when it's happening to you. On my perspective, it was about the span of three seconds that this all <laughs> played out. And by the end of it, he's sitting on the ground with a board nailed to each foot. And he's just Jesus. pulling these like two inch nails out of his foot. Ugh. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So anyways, oh, man. No, moving no, right no, along. No thanks. No thanks. Do not want. Uh, but there is a uh, when, when she is going like uh, Frank Castle mode, just like killing some of these assholes. I like how uh, they stage the shot of the camera flash going off in like the basement i think it's pretty cool i'm always like a sucker for that trope of like you only see like glimpses of something being lit up every few seconds uh and i think don't this is, breathe like, yeah fuck yeah dude we need to cover that yeah we do uh, so we have an excuse to watch the sequel too i still haven't seen the sequel man i feel like a fucking i failure. forgot like, there's a sequel yeah it came out a few months ago i think and there's I also a sequel not... to halloween by the way it came out last yeah, year, I, Halloween Kills. Yeah, I, I saw this. I think they have a th the third movie coming out. Uh, yeah, I still haven't seen Kills yet. It's on HBO. Yeah, I, I watched it uh, pretty soon. I I ended up liking the first one a lot better, but I think you should. Still oh yeah. I think you should still watch it just because of how like uh, connected the three are going to be. It is like a basically like five hour long movie 
like with how connected they are where it, like this is basically the third one is going to be like the third act of them basically like being like a lord of the rings epic of like four hours of halloween it seems nice. like not not even just like sequels but like it's the same fucking movie like broken up almost so uh, you, should, you should watch the second one just so you can get queued up for the third one because i think the third one is gonna be pretty cool the first one's amazing yeah, i the first really really like that first one for anyone that hasn't seen it like what an amazing way to soft reboot a franchise in its own universe and make callbacks without like pissing off the audience like the and way like, that they made callbacks while flipping them on their head was amazing yeah love it the the gunshot and falling out the window that's all i will say yeah it's fucking absolutely like brought an instant smile to my face as yes. a fan it's like so good uh so I, I like the way that the uh the basement shot uh is set up to where it's just like she set up she's queued up a little like uh auto flash of her camera to attract one of the asshole slashers uh another thing that fucking happens down there that is fucked up how hard is it to watch drake who is a fucking prick but goes out in a really fucked up way like where he gets just stabbed by like seven different screwdrivers by his brother and <laughs> So, and what what is that fucking sentence that he says where he's just like, "Why can't you just fucking die? This isn't easy for me either." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's like, oh, I so fucking hate these people so me much. Me being the dick that I am, I was like, "Good, good." <laughs> Put another one at him. <laughs> like, go ahead. Because he's a colossal fucking shitbag, but that's oh still tough. God. That is still a fucking hard way to go, dude. Just getting like, and like, what carpenter's his, tools? His like visual just confusion yeah well it, it, he's the one early in the movie he's like who would do this and he's confronting his own brother who's stabbing him with repeatedly. every carpenter tool in the fucking toolbox and, and and again he makes it all about himself he's just like this isn't easy for me either like such a little fucking asshole felix has been yeah where it's like even that's like the one death in the movie where you like you kind of just like man yeah like you 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 thought you're gonna be like full blown rooting for it and if you're a sociopath like ron you are still <laughs> full-blown rooting for it but I, I find it hard to watch just get, like the idea of just him getting like fucking like, by, he his even be by, by his brother by his brother he's he, looking his brother in the eyes as it's happening yeah, it's fucked up but um <laughs> let's let's talk about the uh how unfortunate is the fucking axe at the end i i think i think the uh the the axe is kind of like a funny like continuing like joke throughout the movie almost where she like she sets up this like super fucking elaborate axe that is like literally mounted to a fucking brick <laughs> to give it more well, momentum. I, well, uh, well, I mean, uh, Oculus, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I, I always get uh, the, the Oculus flashbacks to uh, watching this though. <laughs> the, the Oculus sweats. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, they, no, that's what that's when I'm near uh, light bulbs. That's, that's uh, when that's I'm near a mirror. Um, <laughs> so I thought that's how Crispin was going to go out. Me too. They set it up like that's how it's going to be. And I, I like the uh, the ongoing joke about how she has. She takes the time to set up this fucking elaborate, ingenious axe trap on the main door. And every time someone like walks through a different window, she's like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it ends up being this fucking cop. Uh, I th I think the editing of like the cop shooting her is actually like really well done because they spend this like uh, you 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 talk about another right, like someone fucking... finally used a gun oh it's the cop someone, yeah it's the cops <laughs> yeah uh, but 
the fucking asshole brother uh, Crispian actually tries to like he's such a freaking douchebag he's so weak he tries to weasel out by like uh like that one line that just gives me the fucking like heebie-jeebies is like where he's like oh maybe a possible engagement he like they're so fucking full of themselves he thinks that's like a draw like that's like a selling point yeah and you're just like it's really unprofessional (laughs) <laughs> it's really unprofessional. It's really like, unprofessional. Can, these guys. What the fuck did you say? <laughs> what what is the that is like we're having a dinner? No, I'm having a conversation with my brother. Yeah, I loved that line so yeah. much. It's really good. When I figured out he was in on it, I was like, "Well, you were my favorite because you were the only one that made any fucking sense in this family." <laughs> oh. But yeah. <laughs> it's really unprofessional. <laughs> but they had so the uh the, the weasel fucking the boyfriend of the main lady is like fucking trying to like fucking weasel his way out telling her like if you kill me you get nothing we still can make this work you know if you stay with me maybe there's an engagement who knows you know, you get like all this fucking money and he's just like bro she is covered with the blood of like eight different people Read yeah. the room, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, her her reaction is designed to make you think like she's thinking about it, but it's more the fact that she actually loved this asshole. Yeah, and uh, then she has to kill him because yeah, the, there can be only one. There could be only, <laughs> <laughs> and it was about to be the cop <laughs> until the. <laughs> so I uh, think the cop. Uh, so so at after, one point the cop the movie, di- she... after the cop died, though, man, that quickening that happened. Oh yeah, I just blew every dope. every fucking window out that was still intact. Yeah, there's a lot of window <laughs> murder in this movie. There is a lot of window murder. Like if you were a local business that like deals in windows, <laughs> you are made when they redo this house. That's actually that's how the next guy's gonna make his fortune, man. Just like selling windows. <laughs> and then, to and the, then the, the whole cycle Nordic. starts anew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fucking Oculus, but with <laughs> windows. Oh God! Oh, uh, we cracked it. Yeah, we did. We did. We can go home now. Like <laughs> we can rest now. <laughs> <laughs> we can rest now, dude. Uh, <laughs> dude. But the editing of so this this scene is very drawn out. The scene I'm talking about, where Crispian is like basically trying to like sweet talk her into we can still make this work. We can get married. You know, like all this fucking money. I love how mustache twirly you make him sound when you quote him. <laughs> For some reason, I was actually going into John McClane's like, get out to the coast and get together and have a few laughs. I'm not entirely sure why Crispian and your next is John McClane, but he is. He's like the furthest thing from yeah. John Mc- He came up with this elaborate murder plot and couldn't even partake. And you're what, what is, him to oh, John Oh, McClane. oh, oh, uh, what, he's like, oh, dude, you know, you know, I'm a pacifist. Yeah. I couldn't be around for all that violence. Like, oh, fuck you, dude. It's like the biggest fucking scumbags. It's like, oh my god. I feel like that that was some weird political statement. <sighs> Probably. Jesus Christ. This fucking family, man. They I have make, no like... strong feelings about this movie one way or another. <laughs> Is that the Futurama quote? Like, I have no strong feelings one way or another yeah. on the neutral planet. <laughs> yeah, but like, the, the way the fucking... The, uh, <laughs> the way that uh, the fucking poor cop... Oh God! Really did nothing wrong. Yeah. Like, cause like, what what are you gonna do when you see what just happened happen? Turn and, and you run. Look around, 
Yeah. Uh, I'm calling the fucking but, Avengers. They're 10 miles to the east. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, but the, um, the, the, she was, so at one point she talks about how, like, even if you can send a text out to 911, it becomes like a, like a voicemail, right? Yeah. You only need like one bar to be able to do that. Eventually she gets like a notification that like her, uh, alert went through. So the cops are eventually going to show up. The cop shows up right at the exact second she is killing Crispian. So the cop shoots her kind of like in the like what, like upper chest but you know not what it reminded me of what uh resident evil 7 with the cop mm-hmm. do you remember that scene vaguely it's been a while since he's I the it. one that gives you the knife i recall and like your character's all pissed off you don't get get a gun mm. and then it's right before the uh you're about to see something wonderful like part and then like he regenerates or something and comes back to life when the cop is in the garage and then he like takes out the cop with like a pickaxe or something. But it was very reminiscent because the cop is hanging in through the window from the outside and that's the way the cop is doing in Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Like near the beginning of that game. It, uh, the game kind of mirrors this quite a bit with this this poor bastard. <laughs> Dude, this poor fucking guy. This poor cop. Five, this poor cop, probably five days from retirement. Yeah. Uh so he's he too old shoots, for this shit. He shoots her kind of like upper chest, like near the shoulder, like non vital. Uh he goes back to his co- uh to his cop car, calls for backup to report it, and then goes to the fucking front door and the fucking movie just ends with her fucking brick axe strap. As if she didn't have enough shit to explain. Yeah. Like, well, this poor girl. What I thought was going to happen, what I honestly thought was gonna happen, is that just before she kills Crispy and the cop was gonna shoot her and then he was gonna walk away with everything. That's exactly uh, what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, just that, like really, really. Uh, oh, actually, one thing I did read, they actually had an alternate ending to this, where where that I, happens, it, where that does not happen. But what happens was, uh, she is shot and killed after killing Crispian, so they she she dies too next to him. Hmm. That is apparently one that they had. Uh, I think they had shot. But it was never like tested because I think they just they just wanted her to live. But yeah, that that is totally just like uh, an ending. You could probably see them discussing, you know, because it, it is something you would think about. It's one of those kind of like, oh god, I don't know like what to compare it to. But it's just like where you just like you walk away feeling even more gross just because the fucking asshole got away with it, you know. And that right. that, that is a that is another trope that has happened from time to time in some uh, horror movies like this. So, um, but yeah, the, the poor the poor fucking cop, dude. <laughs> It's so sad. And she is like... Everybody it's, it's, really liked him. Everybody really liked him. It's fucked up, too. Because after she gets shot, she knows what's about to happen because she starts to crawl towards the front door and she's, like, like putting her arms out to like, and, like, ho- like, hollering out for him, to like, no, stop. And then, he, and then like, once the axe hits, that's, like, the, your next credits, uh, right. like, start rolling. But it, it, that's another thing, too, about how, like, I think the... um parallel between this and ready or not happens a lot is because the ending ready or not is very similar and just like yeah they lived but how the fuck do you explain like all this shit she's the last one alive you know yeah and the the fucking the cop with the the fucking jack torrance accent is (laughs) not exactly helping the situation yeah yeah it's fucked That's, that's another person that uh that fucking dude who dies at the beginning 
his fucking IMDb profile page looks very Jack Torrance. <laughs> With his fuck, it's like it's like third act Jack Torrance, dude. Third act Jack. That sounds I, like a Borderlands villain. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's the name of our next podcast. Third act Jack. Third act good. Jack. I gotta write that down. Yes, we need to make t-shirts. Uh, oh my god. But yeah, that's uh. I think that's pretty much everything I had to talk about. I, I just find this movie like very interesting because as you were watching it, did you start to pick up on a lot of those like little details that would end up becoming bits and pieces of like other horror movies of the last few years too? I was just like curious like what your reaction to it was or what, were you just kind of like self-contained while watching it within the movie? I was kind of curious on what your take uh, on it was because I found this movie very interesting looking back on it. Like I've talked about seeing all these other films of the past couple of years, especially. Yeah, it uh, that aspect kind of uh i kind of i missed picking up on a lot of those notes because i think you're more into horror than i am i'm more yeah into that's like, true i'm more into like monsters and creature features more than like slash like, and stuff you're more into independence day than like nightmare <laughs> on elm street well i was i was gonna go with like you know mimic or like relic or like anything like that but yeah um yeah uh, a lot of that kind of went over my head a little bit. It is worth mentioning though, like the state of horror that you mentioned during the uh time period that this was kind of coming out was like I don't know, what? 70s and 80s were probably like when it still had some problems but was still really good. Like we still talk about like Halloween and stuff like that a lot. Um and then people started figuring out you don't need to put a lot of effort in to make a quick dollar off of horror. You just get a bunch of nobodies together in one location, single location film with a handful of cameras. And you get like maybe one professional, um, uh, experienced stunt man to wear a mask and boom, you're making, a few million dollars off of a few like tens of thousands or a hundred thousand. Yeah. And it's like, you can't go, you cannot go wrong. Yeah. It, it was yeah. just a license to print money. And they, uh, and they did that all the way up till right around the time this movie kind of came out. This is kind of like, we've talked before about like the state of like superhero movies and stuff in the nineties. And then how like, that started to change with uh, like the Nolan Batman movies and Iron Man. And horrors kind of had the same trajectory where as the same thing with superhero movies like we were talking about, horror has kind of figured out that is true. However, the return that you get if you actually put in a little bit of effort and like horror still, still kind of... Uh, is known for a lot of the same things. Usually they are still to this day are still like single location, uh, very low budget, but the low budget doesn't mean you can't be creative with it. Right. Yeah. And at the time this movie came out, I'm sure my reaction to it would probably be very similar to yours. Had I seen it back. Yeah. Then. Back. At, yeah. Uh, and especially like, cause it has a lot what? of the weird, it falls into a lot of the same traps and pitfalls. Like we've talked about with like movies from the nineties, whereas we start moving into like the, the late aughts, the early tens, uh, with like superhero movies and whatever else we've talked about. I don't know. It's been two years of this podcast. I can't remember now, but, 
uh, it still falls in. It's kind of in that weird intermediate stage we've talked about before where it falls into some of those pitfalls. But at the same time, it's doing some stuff that's really interesting and kind of ahead of its time. And yeah, the ahead of its time is probably why no one's heard of this movie. Like, you know, usually things that are ahead of its time is when you go back and rediscover it later and you're like, holy shit, this movie is like 11 years ago. And yeah. they it was doing things that we see commonplace now. You know, don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of shitty horror movies out there because they're still fast, easy money. But we also have a lot more really good horror movies now yeah. uh, than we had been getting. It's just, there's so many of them. It sometimes doesn't seem like things have changed, but it's not, that's not true. Things have changed a lot in this genre. Uh, yeah. yeah, there, there's, there's actually, like at this point in time right now, and over the past like five years, I'd say, when it's been kind of like a horror resurgence, like you not only have concepts that are like, really really cool and interesting but you also just have like directors that are like draws like jordan peele we talked about mike flanagan with um got oculus how he's kind of like a like a just on a complete tear when you look at his last few films and uh, oculus is and a good TV example shows. of what we're talking about yeah that all takes place in an empty house with mainly two people and a mirror I mean, and it's incredible. And it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I was gonna say was like, you actually have like ongoing like filmmakers that are within the horror genre, like draws right now. That when this was coming out in like the like late aughts, it was it was Saw, and that was it. There was like nothing else. It was just Saw. Uh, like Hostel. how many fuck? Yeah, Hostel. How many fucking Saw movies there end up being? Was like nine? They're still making them. Yeah, like, uh, but the original, the original batch, I think they had nine. The, and I think the original like, batch is Saw... also a good name for a podcast. <laughs> the original batch. The original batch. Sounds like a, uh, like a Gremlins podcast. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's so, like there was the original batch and then there was the bad batch. The bad batch. <laughs> we don't talk about the bad batch. Uh, didn't they, the, didn't they what, make that into an animated series, by the way? It, yeah, the Bad Batch was the Star Wars, yeah, uh, Disney Plus show. I think I haven't seen it though because I haven't seen Clone Wars. All I've seen some Clone Wars, but, but uh, like around this time, like there were no ongoing horror directors. There were no original concepts really being made. I think like the only like fucking original concept around this time, like the time period we're talking about, was like The Descent, and that was it. Yeah, like there was just nothing else. It was just a fucking wasteland of garbage and. Like saw sequel after saw sequel, and then copies of that, and then like horror became like just torture porn and, and lost all of its creativity. And well, they didn't need it because you could make a quick buck. Yeah, you can make a quick buck, but but they also like started to even lose that. Like, um, do you remember like I think it was two thousand nine when even the Friday the Thirteenth reboot happened, and even that was like a dud as far as as far as like box office draw, because people were just kind of like fucking tired of it and and i think like how you said like this movie was like really ahead of its time is like one of the reasons i want to talk about it so much is i think it's like fascinating just how much this has creativity to it that just was non-existent back then uh and i th i do think uh I do, I do agree too i think if you had seen this back when it came out prior to you know like being in the mindset of like you know like post ready or not and post these kind of like 
low budget awesome horror movies that are happening all over the place like a bunch of the blumhouse stuff that we've talked about like your sinisters a24 and, well, yeah a24 stuff like uh you know post hereditary and stuff like this um but yeah i, I just think it's, it's really interesting where you can just kind of like follow the bread comes back to your next and it's a movie that a lot of people have not seen but it's interesting to uh, look back on yeah, and that's why i want to have it on the show uh it, it sucks too uh you know like you obviously like didn't like it as much as i do but just i i, I can't disagree with you at all all like your points are all accurate as far as like you know like, acting's bad stuff like that uh it's just like, i think it's interesting when the, when the acting is good it's good but when it's bad it's bad <laughs> like there's like almost no middle ground uh with like the quality of the acting but when the movie when the movie gets going and you know the shit starts flying um it picks up and it feels a lot more natural a lot of the beginning stuff with the family felt really forced whereas mm -hmm. like with knives out like i have fucking seen that family in real life like knives out that felt very real the relationship yeah. between everyone in the in in that movie and in this movie, it just seemed... I've been trying to think of a word because I do I do like this movie. Um, I do have my problems with it. Uh, but everything I keep thinking of sounds more negative than I intend it to. I'm, the, the one that's coming to mind that is kind of neutral territory is manufactured. I feel like there's a lot of manufactured tension, especially in the beginning when you're talking about it's kind of... I feel like it's trying to play with tropes or set those expectations of those type tropes, but that didn't really land for me. It just felt like it was falling into those pitfalls we talked about before. Uh, so it had like, you know, with the dad walking around at the beginning of the house, at the beginning of the movie in the house, um, seemed like really manufactured. A lot of the relationships, like especially at the dinner table until shit got interesting with the line I've been quoting the whole thing, which is that's very unprofessional. Um, <laughs> a lot of those relationships seemed very manufactured. Uh, like yeah. they, it just didn't feel uh, well, natural. Uh, and also in this movie's defense, uh, when, when we are comparing it to knives out, well, yeah, is the IMDB page of knives out. Right. That fucking cast. Right. Those guys could make like the phone book feel natural to read. Right. <laughs> Because they're just fucking incredible. And Ryan Johnson is a fucking genius. Well, apparently, so. Michael Shannon could just make up a phone book on the fly. <laughs> so. I love that that was fucking impressive. Ray so Iota. <laughs> like, he doesn't eat shit. Oh, man. Uh, so good. Apparently, the other one that he ad-libbed also was like him trying to stuff the fucking cookies into Chris Evans' mouth. <laughs> apparently that wasn't planned either and he's just like hey you want a cookie have another cookie and all that stuff and it's just like because i heard uh i i think i plugged on this before the director's guild uh podcast um we're mm -hmm. on the knives out episode where they're interviewing ryan johnson he keeps talking about how anytime they have the family argument scene like he just wanted to focus on michael shannon because everything he did was so shocking and unplanned and like he was the best one of the whole cast at the, the arguments I, I love how just like off the wall unhinged michael shannon is and that's <laughs> like the reason he's so good at playing those characters is that's just who michael shannon is as a dude He's just fucking nuts, like, and it works out beautifully. Well, apparently, like, you know, he calls cut, and then Chris Evans just bursts out laughing and has to, like, unbury himself from cookies and stuff. Like, what is <laughs> happening right now? Michael is... Shannon is in my face 
screaming that's here, my... have another cookie, and he's just covered in cookies. That's one of my favorite things to to learn about Knives Out too is just like how much they all fucking can't stand each other and hate each other in the movie, their characters, but like the cast and crew is having just the time of their life and is having a blast making that shit is so funny. Oh, I would not about. eat one iota of shit. <laughs> so good. Oh man. But, yeah, but, but and yeah. here's the other thing too. Like my, my thing coming into this is I like ready or not better, which does feel like a bit of a, like a remake of this movie. It is shocking how similar Ready or Not is to this. And I, you know, did make the quip earlier about how I was kind of disappointed in their motivations just being money and, and greed. When Ready or Not is Satan, the motivation is Satan. <laughs> like, I think the family, you know. what's, what's interesting is I think the family as a whole is written much better uh, and and I think Ready or Not, even though why I I, I while well, I do really really like your next and and especially having seen it first, the first time I was watching Ready or Not, I was picking up on so many of the parallels, and I was like, man, this is like a borderline ripoff in some instances. Even though it's even though it's making it better, it is shockingly similar in its like structure and its and its overall kind of like ideas like behind the movie. Obviously, like they're. That that is more comedy focused, I would say too, which makes like a difference. Yeah, it makes it more fun overall to watch when it is so far comedy, you know, versus just like this movie has a few lines, but this movie is really just like a narrative, uh, like a narrative focused horror movie, not really like the kind of like horror comedy that Ready or Not is. So even though they are like well, shockingly similar, they are like. They're, they have different tones to them. Well, when your character's motivation difference. is a satanic game of hide-and-seek, you can't take yourself as seriously as your next does, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying your next, like, takes itself too seriously or anything. It it, it takes itself just as seriously as it should. Because yeah. the shit at the beginning... The things that make you laugh in this movie are designed to make you laugh. And that all lands. Um, uh, It's... I don't know how to... I had to come across without it sounding like I don't like this movie because I do like this movie, but I have the exact opposite reaction you do because I saw Ready or Not first. So that's where, even though this movie came first, and I understand that, that's where I'm drawing my parallels from, whereas you did the opposite what, yeah. with Ready or yeah. Not. And I can't help but do that because I'm human, <laughs> you know? So Yeah. I, but, I, but, but, when you, but when you break down the logistics of how your next happened first and how similar they are, you're just like, I, I, would, be, I, would, be fa- I would be fascinated to hear what Wingard and Simon Barrett have to say about it. Like, I, I, I bet someone has interviewed them about it because I, I don't know how they couldn't feel like I, I would just be interested to hear like their reaction to ready or not and just how similar they are but i will say while i like ready or not overall better as a movie and while i think it's better written i actually i like what your next does with the main character more i find her actually like competently fighting back and like becoming like the slasher cooler than as much as i love samara weaving and her character in ready or not just mm-hmm. being like a fish out of water and while while hers is a more like realistic approach and she doesn't have the background to be competent in the situation and she's mostly just like running the whole time i just really really like i'm so and I, I think we've been talking about it on the podcast about how like, i really like it when characters especially in, in like not even not even just like a horror like situation as far as like a, the story but when people are not like idiots is a big draw to me when they actually are competent and they're intelligent and they don't just fall back into tropes 
that are necessary for the plot to be driven forward. Like they have to be dumb because we need the plot to move forward. When like the exact opposite is the point of the movie. I find it interesting. And especially for when it was made. So yeah. that's like my whole thing with your next. So it's like, I, I, I absolutely agree. It's not like the, a fucking, it's, it's, it's like, it's, I think it's a fun movie, but it's not, it's like far from being a perfect movie, but I think it is interesting to look back on. And in, uh, it sounds like even though you, you didn't like super, super enjoy it, you did find it like interesting to kind of like reflect on. And and that was just like my whole point yeah, as far and, as you know, I, and you know, I, I enjoyed watching it. You know, I, I didn't yeah. have a problem with the, I mean, okay. I've voiced some concerns. I did have some problems, but overall, like I had no problem sitting down and, and watching this movie and it didn't feel like a slog or, or anything like I, I legitimately enjoyed it, but I'm looking at it. I'm looking through the telescope backwards, right? I'm Jeff, yeah. I'm Jeff Goldblum in the lost world, Jurassic park, <laughs> holding the binoculars the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, while ready or not, like I realized watching this movie is, and this sounds more negative than I mean for it to, but it's a ripoff of this movie it does it better. I kind of like the Kmart version better, <laughs> you know. So and, and and it's just it's again, the tone of it I think changes because like, it being so more focused towards comedy and it being legitimately funny as fuck at times. Yeah, you know, it, it changes like your reaction to it too. Yeah, but I I do really like the um, similar to Ready or Not. I think once the shit hits the fan, I think the pacing is really good in your next as far as like when she starts fighting back, yes. I think the last like 40 minute chunk of the movie where it's just her kind of going ape shit, I think is super well paced and really fun to watch. And then when you thing... watch just slap, when you, when you watch slasher movies, like what's right. funny too, is that I wonder if like prey made me think of this, you know, like the whole, the hunted becomes the hunter thing. Right. I think is super cool. And I'm always such a fucking nerd for that in horror. Cause I'm... it just so rarely happens. I am so glad someone applied that to a predator movie. It's so and, good. And even switched the title of the movie around on top of it's, it. It's so fucking it, good, it's dude. It's so good. Um Yeah, yeah it's um I said it, it was it was an interesting experiment and I I enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it. Um I probably wouldn't watch it again on my own. I'd probably sit down with someone and watch it if I. I think it'd be if, a fun one to like throw like uh, throw back some beers with a buddy with. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I would. If it was, if I was flipping through the channels and it was on, I'd, I'd probably stop there and watch it. You know, what I'd I mean, make the, I, would, uh, I wouldn't seek it out again. I'd make the blenders. Uh, <laughs> I'd make a gif of the blender seeing my desktop wallpaper, but that's that's fine. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Man, dude, that that scene is so fucking awesome. When she's already that killed them, Felix, like, right? Dude. Yeah, yeah. Man, oh, talk oh, also, about scrambling oh, your brain. You want to talk? You want to talk about it too? Okay, one thing we haven't talked about: the sound effects of some of the attacks are really good when she's hitting the fucking dude with the meat tenderizer. Yeah. They were probably just tenderizing steaks, but it sounds so unsettling (laughs) when, when it is applied in the scene. And when she, even before the actual like turning on of the blender happens, when she hits him over the head to break the blender and fucking hit like stabs downward onto his skull with the open blender, the sound effect of that, it's so fucked up and good, and I just wanted to applaud the sound effect guys. Because I I also really appreciate good. the detail that that blender looked like it was from the 1800s. <laughs> like that thing had to have weighed 30 pounds on its own and have no yeah. safeties. Like, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of yeah. blenders today won't run unless it's on a certain way or anything. I I 
a blender that is that fucking old has <laughs> no safeties. It probably nope. is a two-prong plug. It's probably not even a three-prong plug. Yeah, it is a murder weapon waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, it, put it on someone's head, turn it on. It's just going to sink under its own weight through the person. Yeah. So. But, but again, uh, I, I appreciate you checking it out for the show. And while it is by far a perfect movie, and I, I've, I've voiced like similar grievances I have with like some of the issues that you've had with the movie, because uh, I also felt like they, they were problems with the movie. I, I do think it's been fun to just reflect on and talk about uh yeah like absolutely. this this versus the uh modern state of horrors is is interesting to me and and you know like we like you mentioned like I'm I'm more the horror guy so this is more up my alley and just like looking back at like horror throughout the years is is always interesting to me because I feel like it is like one of the genres that that just drastically shifts like more than any other right. maybe comedy like I feel like comedy and horror are like two things that are just like they're they're always like so so specific to the time and like what is in vogue what is working right. uh and i i just find it like an interesting talking point for looking back both as a movie nerd and as a horror nerd just kind of like looking back to way stuff changes over time what stuff ends up being like ahead of its time in a good way and what stuff ends up being ahead of its time in an unfortunate way where it's like something can be creative and it's almost like too creative for its own good and it becomes like the like the fucking dude like the the thing was kind of like a box office dud and that just like blows my mind because that's one of the like the most perfect movies I've ever seen and like my favorite like just fucking movie ever and just for it to be like like people just look at it like eh is is just like mind boggling to me uh so that's that yeah I just sorry for rambling I just wanted to talk back uh, again kind of like my points but uh before we start doing the uh sign off uh what is going to be our next uh episode ron if you didn't have any other talking points to cover our next episode jeff is going to be the thing starring mary elizabeth winstead oh god (laughs) (laughs) have you been holding out this one like on this one just like the the fucking ace in the hole to because there's going to be there's going to be some grievances shared. <laughs> so I this fucking is, hate this that. is really unprofessional. Um, no, uh, no, it's oh The Exorcist. God. The Exorcist, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in like 20 years. And Interesting, yeah. It, I, 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 re- I revisited it a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm really, really stoked. To have Last time I watched it, it, it held up really well. It does. It, it's a legendary it horror movie for a multitude of reasons, and I'm kind of interested to just Grab me a big old bowl of pea soup and sit down on the couch and, <laughs> and turn on The Exorcist, man. Yeah. Just fucking crab walk your way over to the TV. Like, and you just get, get the You want to talk uh, sound design in a movie or oh, man. if you want to talk about movies where the music is the monster. Like this movie has a monster, but the music in The Exorcist. Like, yeah. I'm I'm super excited that one of the best movie posters in movie poster history. Absolutely, yeah. The Exorcist is fucking great. Yeah, it's been like I said, 20 years since I've watched it, and it's on HBO. I was flipping through HBO, and I was like, ooh. Um, there was another movie I almost did that's not nearly as good, but the one of the reasons why I want it is I I've already told you before. I have a double feature I want to do sometimes. I think it would be interesting to talk about. I would almost want to even cover them in the same episode because they're basically the same movie. There's a more modern remake of this other one. So I decided not to pick it 
and went with The Exorcist instead because it's just been so long since I've seen it. Did Did you want to say what the other ones were? Because now I'm just I'm just <laughs> curious about what the uh kind of like well, double feature combo. Since, you since about. I already blew your fuse with the thing, it probably I thought you were actually picking that and like uh, yeah. So I mean, you, you know, you know, I'm always down to yell into the microphone because that, that you will hear me yelling in the microphone. No, if we I do that, that movie. if we do that movie, it's going to be a commentary because while drinking, while drinking, you want me, maybe even you want me live, boozed up for that, maybe yeah, even live down. on YouTube because while you downright loathe that movie, I love it in the most ironic way possible, while also still legitimately liking some of the parts of it. So fuck that, I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think you set me up to like it because all I ever heard from you is how bad it is. And I watched it. I was like, it's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> it's so bad. Think, and it, it pays me. The actors are really good. Yeah. Like the cast is fantastic. Uh, and Mary Elizabeth like, Winstead is on the SPR Mount Rushmore. And, and like, isn't like, oh God. Yeah, there's a few other like actors that, are, that I'm, I'm blanking on the rest of it too. I, th- I think Joel Edgerton might be in that movie. I like Joel Edgerton a lot too. It's like, Dude, what the fuck happened? <laughs> but no, uh, have you ever... I, I think you told me one time you've never seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's been on my shortlist for a while because uh, they, they covered it on Unfilmable. Uh, Gary and Cole did. It's... So I always I always have to like watch the movie yeah. if I'm interested at all before I you know listen to like a breakdown of it because I want to be able to follow along and not have stuff spoiled for me. So yeah, I have not seen it, but it is is it on my short list. Uh, I, I'm gonna go ahead to and it. tell you right now. In the context of when it was made, it holds up pretty good. Like it's a very '70s movie. Yeah. Um, as far as like just holding up in general through the years, like The Exorcist or something, uh, it's it's not that great a movie in hindsight. But in if you think about like other movies that were happening in the decade, yeah, um, you can kind of understand why it was what it was. And I don't think it was. I could be wrong. I don't think it was a smash hit at the time either. I think it got that later. But kind it's cult following. Yeah, but it's got Jeff Goldblum. It's got uh, Leonard Nimoy. It's got Donald Sutherland. Um. Uh, so yeah, it's it's got a great cast to it, and there was a. A uh, a something of a remake years later. Inva- invasion. Was... Invasion with yeah. Nicole Kidman, which I know that that's basically like Halle Berry to you. Um, and yeah, it, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. I, I I can watch movies with her in it and not like be fucking like angry the whole time. But I definitely think she's overrated. But I, that won't be like a like a negative factor. She's just kind of mm-hmm. like there for me but yeah it's uh it's nicole kidman and daniel craig back when every movie had to have the two of them in it together (laughs) yeah so yeah uh was that golden compass was the other one that had yes yes and daniel craig was my favorite character in that and he was the perfect perfect fucking actor for that role um but yeah man the time we do the the time when he compared the the golden compass to a donut hole it's fucking genius man (laughs) right all with a um with a Kentucky Fried accent or whatever it is Chris Evans says. <laughs> CSI KFC. <laughs> yeah, CSI KFC. Oh, it's so good. I, I just want to go that, watch Knives Out now. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, I got to go watch that now. It's like, especially with the, with the sequel coming out soon. I could watch Knives Out like every weekend and never get bored. Absolutely. So fucking well, good. Every time I watch it, I still notice something new. 
It's Ryan Johnson is a genius. Absolutely. But yeah, uh, sometime I, I want to do a double feature of those two movies because Invasion, for some reason, got slammed. And I remember that, yeah. I, I, I got paid to watch it, and I would have watched it for free. I would have paid to watch it. I, uh, it, yeah, I, I, I liked it. What's, I, I think you are the first person who has ever just outright like remembered that it existed. It's, it just seems like it seemed like people like either hated it or were very like in the middle on it where it became kind of like an afterthought. So it's I'm interested in it more because you had talked about it because I, I had never heard a single other person talk like uh, sugar about it. Yeah, it's I mean, it's not the greatest horror movie ever made or anything like it's it's very much it's very much like of the genre you know yeah. but it i don't know i I just didn't see what was so wrong with it like i also i like nicole kidman it, it's kind of funny she's like the anti ben affleck to me because i feel like she's just nicole kidman and everything but i like nicole kidman so i'm fine <laughs> with it um yeah she has she has some stuff where she's like shockingly out of left field like she's either herself or she's like almost like unrecognizable like she has moments where she she disappears she disappears and like it's it's usually when the character is like incredibly specific Uh but if the character isn't like benoit blanc level specific (laughs) i feel like she does do that thing you're talking about where she just kind of becomes herself uh same with halle berry and uh what's the other one is jennifer moore is that the other person jillian moore Oh yeah, 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 Jill- yeah. That's yeah. what you always talk about. Kind of Julianne like- Moore makes me angry more than anyone, just because nine times out of ten, she's just Julianne Moore paying the bills. Yeah. But that one time out of ten, she can be fucking incredible, and it pisses me off because she has a dream job that gives her the perfect life, and I know she is capable of doing whatever she wants in that role because I've seen it. Like her role in like what was it, Children of Men? Uh, oh, she's so dude, dude. How have I not had that on this show? I fucking love that movie. And it's so good. In I, I know, I know, I know. Just hear me out. But in Seventh Son, where she's just chewing up the fuck, <laughs> when she's just chewing up the fucking yeah. scenery, she was still amazing in that. Yeah, she. And then she's, every, she's like, everything else she one. does, she's just Julianne Moore, but tired and wants to go to bed. Julianne Moore. Like I don't understand. Nope. I don't understand. Maybe maybe it's just one of those things where it's like, if she is in a situation where she just could not give less of a shit about like the script or the movie, or maybe it's a thing. I, yeah, I I couldn't tell you. But it is weird about how like she can be just like so good that you can't like take your eyes off the performance. And other times you're just like, man, you are literally phoning this in. Like, and you're just, like I, I what understand. The fuck? You can't give those performances all the time, you know? Unless you're Gary Oldman, and um, then you can uh, give I was that at, performance oh, every It's movie. funny you said that, because I was just saying, <laughs> unless you're Willem Dafoe. But, yeah. like, because even when, it, to me, he's the perfect analog. He's great in everything he does. He can be very serious, very dramatic, and disappear into that. Or he can be in The Lighthouse or fucking Spider-Man and just chew up the scenery and still be fucking great. And she can do that same thing. I've seen her do it. Uh, Nick Cage is another one. <laughs> oh, I fucking love Nick Cage. <laughs> Where Nick Cage is, this, like, he has no problems being himself, and I love that about him. Uh, he like, ma- what, he what, made a movie about being himself. 
I have to see that movie instantly, dude. I've been wanting to watch that, but I haven't like uh, been able to find time. But like, I haven't seen that movie. Like, uh, but yeah, we're running a little bit long because we just kind of like reminiscing about like a thousand other things. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, stoked that you picked yeah, Exorcist. We're, so. we're we're accidentally recording a better podcast. We have to get out of here. Yeah, we gotta get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> we're we're on the verge of quality, and we're not about that life. <laughs> exactly. Oh shit! But yeah, good good selection. Yeah, I think because I think your pick is gonna be. Let's see. I try to think of like the closest to schedule. Halloween. Yeah. What what is gonna so this one goes online the first. Yes. So, so not the closest. Be, Mine's in the about the fifteenth. Yeah. So the year's gonna be the fifteenth. So you like gotta the make the pressure's on you, my friend. Oh yeah. Yours is gonna I be got, on the 29th. You gotta you I, gotta deliver. I got mine picked out. And Do it's you? Gonna, it's gonna be yeah. I've had it picked out for a while. It's gonna be pretty fucking wild. I kind of uh, want to know what it is when we stop recording. Uh, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just make you wait a month. I don't know. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see how it's gonna go. But uh, yeah, if you would like to follow the show further, you can follow find us on Twitter at SPR Filmcast. Uh, we mentioned earlier, if you have any questions or prompts you would like Ron and myself to answer at the beginning of each episode, you can always uh, hit us up on that same Twitter at SPR Filmcast or email us screenplayrewind at gmail dot com. Uh, any ratings or reviews that you can give us uh, be greatly, greatly appreciated. And uh, if you, you know, have any friends that you think might enjoy the show, uh, word of mouth is pretty much the only way uh, podcasts can grow nowadays because it's just yep. a fucking shit show. Uh, so many podcasts. And I was also going to go ahead and add that if you are listening to the show, but you're listening on a platform that you don't like, or you're listening in browser, hit us up at the same Twitter account and same email address. And I can, I can try to get us on whatever you, you're listening to us on because we have some weird, weird numbers coming back. If you look at, um, if you look at some of the places that we're on, that where it's kind of like we're getting listens without subscribers. I can't imagine we're getting that much traffic unless it's like people were coming back and cherry picking episodes on a platform they don't like, so they're not following or subscribing, and we're getting hits in browser on anchor.fm and i'm like why why <laughs> why would you do that <laughs> you can't even i don't even think you can follow a podcast on anchor so you know if if you're listening on if you're listening to us on a platform uh, that you don't like or is not your favorite let us let us know what your favorite is it literally costs us nothing it's usually just uh sign on sign in create an account and copy and paste your rss feed and boom you're on that Voila. service so. Now your platform has mediocrity. Exactly. Your platform has mediocrity. So we, kind of a we weird. Aim, <laughs> we aim to please. It's kind of a weird plug <laughs> at the end. I know, but it, it's the only thing I can figure with some of the numbers we're seeing. A lot of them have to do with what movies we're picking. But there's that's, also it's, uh, that's going to be any that's going to be any show like this. That's You're also have people searching out. But there's also things. some weird like trends as well. If you just look at the numbers, it's weird. So I get the feeling that I don't know. Maybe people are coming back here and there, or it's just all Bobby making. He won't sign up for anything. That's also probably what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one. Bobby being Bobby. Also, which should we be Bobby's might not podcast. Be on, we might not be on Stitcher anymore. I don't know. I cannot figure out what the fuck is happening with Stitcher. They like. Is that like? Is that like the equivalent of like if the tree falls in the forest, no one's around to hear it? Like no one hears the out? Stitcher. Um, yeah, no one hears it because like I, I don't know a single person. They have to exist because the platform is big. I don't personally know a single person that uses Stitcher, so it's always just like a mind fuck to be about like, like Stitcher in yeah. general. 
it's it's sorry, weird sorry, because sister. maybe Rachel. that's why maybe i talk shit about them and that's why we're no longer on the platform <laughs> I, don't, I don't know they like merged with some some other thing and now like we don't have a login anymore and i don't know uh. if we're on the platform or anything i don't know i never got an email saying you know hey you need to sign back up or anything i don't know what's going on but our login doesn't work anymore interesting yeah so i gotta i i took me like over a year to get shit ironed out with stitcher we were there it was happening we made it we were on stitcher and then it's gone and now and it's gone and now <laughs> it, it, it very well could be gone i don't know so if you're listening on stitcher well, i'm sorry <laughs> yeah who fucking knows uh maybe maybe a year from now we'll get back on it just to lose it again who fucking knows <laughs> right i have no clue but yeah uh this has been a fun one and uh thanks everyone for listening and have a good night I uh, showed the kids Empire Strikes Back. Nice. And you know the part they freeze Han and Carbonite? And then it's not quite a hard cut, but it's pretty close to a hard cut of them just floating him through the facility. Then they round a corner and he goes out of sight with Boba Fett. Yeah. After that happens... It's dead silent in the house. It's dead silent in the movie. And after that happens, Nathan goes, well, that was terrifying to watch. (laughs) I I burst out laughing so hard. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. I love that. I don't even know. I don't even know where he got the words to put that sentence together. Like, yeah, that's pretty, that's that's like something I would say ironically. He used it perfectly, and he perfectly timed it with the movie and everything. And he said it exactly like that. He was like, well, that was terrifying to watch. That's so funny. <laughs> like, that's what I said to the blender scene in your neck. <laughs> well, that was terrifying to watch. Well, that was terrifying to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Ron's review of Oculus. Well, that was terrifying to watch. <laughs> I laughed so oh, shit. hard. I'll tell Aurora about that. That was so funny.